Medvedev, the new U.S. Open possible champion, is here. No way. <laughs> I can have dreams, okay? It's possible, you never know. Uh, around the Post podcast, a uh, little bit delayed this week. This episode is three days later than usual? Two days? Two, two days. Two, two days. days later than usual. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's a good thing. You know, a little bit more U.S. Open information right before the finals. Yes. Um, Nadal is live on court now, probably winning. Yes. I know last I checked, he was up a break in the second, took the first already, which in my book means it's over. Um, and, yeah, uh, talk to me, man. What's new? <clears throat> first of all, the women's uh, draw was extremely interesting. Yes, it was. Uh, Townsend, she was a... Uh, just a junior that all the people put their hopes on mm-hmm. and um she didn't really live up to the expectation yeah but she made a nice little run at the u.s open Woo-woo. um she lost to uh bianca Andreescu, who is in the final against yeah Serena Williams. that's a respectable loss seriously right. and the reason why i brought her up is she did something that has never been done in the past 15 to 20 years easily in women's tennis. She came up to net 106 times versus Simona Halep. She just bum-rushed her every oh, time, serving volley, chip and charge. Halep did not know what to do against that. Uh, she tried hitting through her, didn't work. She tried lobbing her, didn't work. Do you appreciate that tactic? That's beautiful. I wish I watched that match now. I didn't see that match. Um. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of the other pros are probably going to take a lot of note of. You know, when you uh, you see a favorite to win a tournament get taken out by a super dynamic tactic and strategy, it's inspiring. Yes. So, uh, yeah, good good job, Townsend. Yes. Uh, again, Halep didn't know what to do. And, again, her U.S. Open record is garbage <laughs> the past three years. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, Townsend brought it to her. I think that Townsend surprised her with that, and she just didn't know what to do. <clears throat> now, Serena is in the finals. She's been breezing through the competition. Mm-hmm. Nobody's been challenging her at all. Yeah. Do you think that this time she will win the championship? Well, I, uh, I did watch her uh, press conference. Did you? I don't know if you caught it at all. Yes, a little bit. But uh, she was basically discussing how this whole year, it's almost consistently felt like she was never properly prepped, you know, until she went to Canada. Was it Toronto? Yes. Yeah, until she played in Toronto. She said that's the first time she felt like she really prepared for a tournament. And she was saying, you know, this time around, the fitness feels like it's there. She's moving a little better. The timing's there. And, I mean, I can't lie. She's looking very athletic right now. I don't think the feet are quite, quite there. But has she ever needed them to get a slam? No. I mean, she's played, uh, I think she's played in four eras, you know? Yes. She's elite. So, I don't, Andreescu, I I just don't know about it. This will be a, who's the toughest competition you've seen Serena face in this slam? In this slam? Yeah. This year, of course. In any, in any, I just uh, mean in her current draw, like the pass okay. she had to this final at the U.S. Open, it would have to be Svitolina, mm-hmm. and she destroyed her. Yeah, she. Uh, <laughs> it seems like everyone that got put in front of her got annihilated. So that's interesting to me because I can't say the same for Andrescu. 
So I'm my I'm favoring Serena going into this final for sure. She seems like she's healthy. She seems like she's fit. She seems to be in a good mental space. Very positive, very communicative with the media. I'm excited. I yes. think she's going to take it. Now, the 17-year-old, uh, I'm really forgetting her name right now. Uh, the one that played doubles with Coco Goff. I'm oh, forgetting her uh, name. Callie? Something like that? McCallie. Yeah, yeah, McNally. McNally, yeah. Katie McNally. She took a set off of Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that has done that so far. Hmm. But Vitalina, as far as hype, rank, she's, she's the toughest one, and, and Serena destroyed her. Yeah. But Bianca Andrescu, if... She is not nervous. If she, if, if she doesn't let the occasion get to her, mm-hmm. she's going to give her problems. Yeah. She has all the shots. Mm. Drop shots, lobs, And top. what's funny is Serena has acknowledged that. Yes. She knows it. She's so, in trouble. Yeah. If, if Bianca Andrescu brings it, mm. she's in trouble. She's going to have a match. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. She's having problems with her second serve. Andrescu right now, mm-hmm. she's going to have to control that because if not, Serena's going to eat her alive. Having problems with your serve against a returner like Serena is literally cancer you know it it makes everything else fall apart in your game when you know a player like serena is picking you apart on your service games because there's so much pressure for you to break her back also right so i'm looking forward to this i hope that everything falls into place this is what her fifth or fourth attempt at breaking this record yes so you know let's do it now if bianca and rescue does not win i've called it in the past before in this podcast Mm -hmm. do look out after her she's going to be special Mm-hmm. she's won two um, Masters 1000s mm-hmm. and she just made the final of the US Open so she has a lot of talent look after her now this is the funniest thing you'd think that that'd be the biggest news in the women's tour no it was the matchup between Coco Goff and Naomi Osaka mm. the two it girls Osaka beat her again Coco Goff to me it just looked that she was overwhelmed by the occasion, just mm. as she was against Halep. Do you see Coco going deep eventually? Eventually, yeah, definitely. Um, Coco's extremely young, you know, and is a, a hard fighter. That That's all it really takes, in my opinion, to go deep in the in these tournaments right now. Have a lot of heart, be able to hit some shots, and have a little strength. You know, um, that's all it really takes to go deep if you have the right draw. Now, as far as slam winning, I need more from her game. Uh, she's not strong enough to just hit people off the court. And she's also not, you know, I guess she's not crafty enough to, you know, force someone off the court with strokes. So hopefully she grows in her game. She's got a good three years before she's even an adult. So I'm not too concerned about that. I'm sure her game will build and grow. And, I mean, I just don't want to see her get blown off the court by Osaka again, you know. I want to see her be more of an opponent. So Now her second serve is also struggling right now. Mm. This is a theme, not, a, not only amongst women, but amongst the men. They're struggling with second serves. I do not know why. Serving percentage is very low among second serves. Mm. But she struggled on her second serve. She double faulted. Uh, I don't remember the count, but mm-hmm. she did win under 35% of her second serve points. Mm-hmm. And against uh, any player, mm-hmm. that's not good. Yeah. So she was going to get blown off the court. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see the match? 
The Coco Osaka? Yeah, yeah I did see it. Did, what did you think of Osaka's performance? Osaka didn't get pushed. That's what I think of her performance. Um, she was wailing on the ball, you know, just hitting to the open court. Um, I don't think that Osaka performed stellar. Like, oh, my God, this was an unbeatable Osaka. But um, I thought that her forehand looked like it always looks very clean and solid. She was even hitting backhand winners, which is a sign to me that this set's over. You know, like if she's hitting backhand winners from the baseline, she's taking the match to me. So, yeah, I'll say Osaka's performance against Coco didn't blow me away. Uh, commentators were saying that that's the best she's played since she won the Australian Open. Yeah. So that's why I asked. She, quote, unquote, had the eye of the tiger. Mm. So do you buy that? Or, again, I know you just stated this. Or did Coco Goff was just an inferior opponent? I think that Coco Goff wasn't prepared for that level of pace. That's what I think it was. Because the Osaka forehand, all year, is still the Osaka forehand. Good day or bad day. She's whacking that ball into open court. And the Osaka we saw beat Coco is the same Osaka that lost the next round. She didn't play better or worse to me. Right. She was still whacking that ball, and she went against someone who was getting there and returning it. That's all it was. And I think there are a lot of women on the tour who get to that ball and make her hit two or three more of those. Now, Chris Everett comments a lot on uh, women's matches. Mm -hmm. To me, okay, I'm just going to say it. She's a moron when Mm -hmm. it comes to commentating. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You tell me what you think about this. Mm. Chris Everett said Coco Goff played well. Against Osaka, she's, she wasn't going to beat Osaka. But against any other top 10 player, she was going to win the way she played in that match. No. What do you think about that? No. Isn't Serena in the top 10 right now? Yes. No. Serena hits just as hard, if not more hard, off both wings. And has a more consistent, steady serve. So, um, no. What are you talking about? Exactly. You know, and there are people in the top ten who move better than Coco does. So there's no way. Stop that. Exactly. Now going to the feel good part Mm -hmm. that's talked about a lot. Yeah. After the match, Mm -hmm. Osaka brought her to the interview, told her to speak in front of the people. They're making such a big deal out of that. I mean, I understand Mm. she did it because of the the moment that she had against Serena. Yeah. So she's trying to rectify it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I I didn't love it. I'm not as big on it as everyone else was. I think that Coco losing this match, Coco got beat, you know? Go ahead and gracefully leave out, and you guys will be good friends, you know, as long as you guys are cordial and you guys are cool. You both They both respect each other. I don't think the crowd was looking for Coco to say anything in particular. I don't think that Coco was looking to say anything in particular. I feel like Naomi did it for Naomi, if that makes sense, you know? Yes. Um, So I didn't love it. You know, if you beat someone, let them respectfully bow out. And if they want to say something, that there's a press conference available for that. You know, um, we don't need anyone to save face for Coco. Right. You know, she's a media darling. Everyone loves her, win or lose. There's nothing that you need to do for her to save her reputation. Um, it was lame. I agree. Yeah. Osaka, take your W. I mean, I feel like almost where Osaka's head is at, even after she wins the match, is kind of proof in why she's not quite there mentally to be a true champion yet. 
You know, it's soft. You know, you're thinking about the wrong things. Yes. You you should already be on to the next match mentally, in my opinion. Now, Coco Goff admitted Mm. in the interview that she didn't want to be there because she'd start crying. Mm. So, you see what I mean? Yeah. It it wasn't the right time. Normally, when you go through a devastating loss, you really don't want to talk. Yeah. You just want to walk away. You get about 10, 15 minutes to speak to the media. Mm. Before you speak to the media, then you go speak to the media so she can recompose herself. So, I don't know. I don't know. Her dad looked very upset about it, too. Mm -hmm. As in, you know what? Whatever. The mom spoke and said, okay, you know, I I like her. We trained in the same uh, uh, facility when we were younger and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But I don't know. To me, it was more attention for Osaka. She got all the attention. Yeah. If you want to look for... um, sportsmanship mm. if you saw the andrescu serena match yeah andrescu said okay are you okay when she retired are you mm. okay you're my idol stuff like that mm. it wasn't in front of the media yeah you couldn't hear it yeah it was to the side mm. that's more sportsmanship to me yeah than that but yeah. that's just me especially because that match didn't hold that much weight right you blew her off the court let her go right now i'd understand more it feels like you know, a best of five and you guys went, you know, six hours straight marathon and you guys both want to leave your heart out there in the court and speak on it. Something like that. You know, this wasn't that this was destruction. You know, this that's almost disrespectful to make me stay out on the court and discuss me getting my ass kicked. You know, I agree. So, yeah, I didn't like it as an athlete. Don't don't tell me, yo, stay here. And I say no, and then you're like, no, stay here. Like, chill out. Yeah, so everybody just blew it apart. Oh, she's special. She's wonderful. Mm. Okay. Coco also lost in doubles to Barty and Azarenka. Barty is a doubles champion. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. Every time she meets tough competition, Mm. she falters, and she falters big. Mm Mm-hmm. Barty and Azarenka will be in the doubles finals. I believe it's tomorrow. Mm. So I guess it's a good loss. I yeah. guess. Oh, yeah. And I'll give Coco that. You know, you're getting to the big stages, you know. And I don't know a 15-year-old that should be winning at the big stages yeah. in the history of the sport. So, you know, I respect it. Yes, that makes sense. Now moving on to the men. <laughs> this is just finds galore. If you were a wrestling fan as a child, <laughs> you're going to love this. Uh-oh. Okay. It's as if this is wrestling, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, we're going to start off with Mike Bryan. Uh-oh. Mike Bryan is actually a really good composed guy. Mm-hmm. A line judge made a call incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Then it was reviewed. And yes, the, the line judge was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mike Bryan pretended that he had a machine gun with his uh, tennis racket. Mm-hmm. So he turned it. The handle was facing the line judge, and he pointed it as mm-hmm. if he's shooting him. Mm-hmm. $10,000 fine. Oh! Uh, <laughs> so was that... Okay, and he apologized mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the press. He says, yes, I understand what's been happening with the shootings, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's not me. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. What do you think about that was that too hefty hell no that's fine man you guys are soft what with the tennis racket we we play guitar with the tennis racket we pretend it's a gun we pretend it's a microphone these are fun tennis antics and we know that this is not a malicious athlete you know he's not at all at all you know this is playful 
And this is just more proof to me that they don't understand when to whip the lash and when not to. Because when we say, hey, you guys give Kyrgios time violations, but you don't give them none at all. And now it's more like, oh, well, we don't give them to everyone. Well, guess what? You want to be nice and have a joke? Fine. It's like, okay. You know, you guys don't understand equally enforcing rules because Nadal is still breaking time violations. Right. And nothing's happening. But you're throwing $10,000 at Mike Bryan. This is ridiculous. That's the the, the biggest fine. Mm. <laughs> now we're going to go on to uh, Djokovic. You accuse him of being on steroids, right? Well, he showed this time for sure. Mm-hmm. This is the wrestling aspect that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. He, he was playing the match before he lost to Stanimal. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, serving. He's practicing his serve. Mm-hmm. A, um, a fan starts yelling. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he throws his racket and goes up to the fence mm-hmm. and says, I can go around. I can find you. And that was the end of that. So did Djokovic, what do you think about that? that is Djokovic is... too powerful right now to <sighs> in the zone? What's going on? He is having what we call roid rage. And um, when you have roid rage, you lose a sense of self. And I think that's what happened to Djokovic there. Um, I think that he's waning off the juice right now. And it's got him a little more sensitive. And he's feeling his injuries a little more than usual. But don't worry, guys. You know, this is a, a lot of bodybuilders go through this. It's seasonal. You can't take them all year, you know. So he's waning off. You know, we might see a lesser Djokovic for a few months. And then late December, early January, he'll be pumped again. Now, I, 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 I'm not going to accuse him of being on the juice, but <laughs> he does have these uh, uh, parts where he's on fire for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then he goes cold for a year. Yeah. And it happens throughout his whole career. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to accuse him of the juice, but he was temperamental yeah. for sure. That's and I'll for say sure. this. I'll say this much. Jokes aside, because I I love to say he's on steroids. I don't think he's actually like on the juice trying to get strong or anything. But there's definitely something off about Djokovic. That's what I'm getting at right. here. I don't fully understand what it could even be. So yeah, steroids is say. just comical to say. Yes, but you know the the quirky, overly focused facial expressions. The hot spells and cold spells, the 100% focused, 20% present mentality that he's shown in his career, it all adds up to something just quirky, you know? Yeah, there's something off about that, yeah. that's for sure. And then in the, in the match, he's uh, serving again, and he's straight out, and okay, I'm sorry, the fan starts yelling during his service game. Normally, when that happens, the player tells the chair umpire, can you tell them to be quiet, please? You know, all that stuff. He took matters into his own hands. He told the fan to shut the fuck up, basically. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm surprised and not surprised. When did this happen? This happened uh, against Tennis Sangren. It was the uh, match before Stan. All this happened in the match before. I mean, aren't we kind of aware that he has a history of these kind of things a bit? Right. Yeah. Um, I think my main concern or my main question and focus is like, 
where's the accountability here? You know, that's what's missing to me. I don't think that Djokovic is a bad or good person for these things. I really don't. I think he's human, you know, for these things. But I think that he's a repeat offender because there's not any accountability. That's the issue. Because, I mean, it's frustrating out there. He's got a lot of pressure on himself. Right. You know, he's a top elite performing athlete. No matter what he's doing or what he's on, he's automatically, in my books, a Hall of Fame athlete. No matter whatever happens or is said. Um, But, come on, guys. Like, how do we know about this? And he's not being faced with any consequences. Right. So, I don't get that. Because we hear about Kyrgios getting punishment for things we didn't know happened. So I'm confused, um, but it is what it is. Um, I guess, you know, the tour will be like this for now. And I'm sure, you know, 10 years from now, this will all be, you know, jokes of the past. You know, we'll look back and I they'll, hope so. they'll have evolved by then. Right. But we have to deal with it for now. Now, as you stated, no consequences. Mm-hmm. He was heard by the chair umpire. No warning. So there's the favoritism part again. Big time, big time. Now, he was complaining about his left shoulder. Do you think that that made a big difference in his matches? Um, I'll admit, he's consistently had his uh, shoulder wrist issues, or no, shoulder elbow issues, you know, kind of plaguing him throughout his entire career. Um, I do think that he was just getting beat. Yes. In this match, like I don't think that the injury is why he lost, but I do believe that he's injured. Yes, I believe that. Um, I think it was a recognition or him recognizing, look, I'm not in this match, I don't have heart right now, I'm distracted. Maybe you know, maybe I'm distracted by the injury that's not truly plaguing my performance, and uh, he stepped down, but. You know, Stan was going to take that match. I agree. And I reckon, and you can always tell based off the score line, you know, you lose the first set, you're like, okay, let me reset. You drop serve, beginning of the second set, all right, I'm out of here. Adios. You know, that's when he goes, look, this is a tall mountain I'd have to climb. I don't even want to be here right now. I've got enough points this season. <laughs> let me take a few months off. So I, I'd say don't expect to see much Novak for a while. Right. Now... <clears throat> He's getting crushed by media about this, fans. He mm. retired. Mm. He's known to retire mm. a lot. This is probably more than 10 times throughout his career now that he's retired during mm. the match. What do you think about that? I'm not holding that against him. Uh, I think since he's become the Novak Djokovic, we've seen maybe three retirements from him since like 2013, you know? I know he had a retirement against Nadal at Wimbledon. Uh, or I think it was Wimbledon. He had a retirement against Nadal there. And he had this one. And there might be one other one I'm forgetting. But he hasn't had a whole lot of retirements in slams for sure in the last decade. So I'm not too concerned about it. I'm not calling him a quitter or anything. I, I get that, you know, you have a reputation because it was very bad, you know, maybe in his career between 06 and 09 to 2010. It was really bad. And, you know, your reputation follows you in your career. So I think it's okay. I think that if he if he's quitting a match, he's genuinely feeling something. I can't tell you how severe it is, but there is an injury present. Okay, fair enough. Now, 
you've been asking for Stan to step up. Mm-hmm. He stepped up now. He looked good. He looked good. Mm-hmm. He's had multiple knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. That is why he hasn't been performing at a peak performance. Yeah. He made it to the quarters of the French Open, mm-hmm. losing to Federer. Mm-hmm. He beat Djokovic. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's back? He's back. We've seen him beat an on-fire Dimitrov twice. And I want people to know, Dimitrov's been playing good tennis for a few months now, but you didn't know it because he drew Stan, who's been playing great tennis for a few months now, in the first round of about two or three tournaments. Right. You know, so I think that Stan Stan looked good at Indian Wells. He looked rusty, but he looked good. Um, So I'm happy for him. I'm glad he went deep in a slam and got through a big three player, which is what he has a reputation for. And I even heard a commentator. This is a question I want to ask you. Oh, boy. A commentator said, if there were a big four right now today, Stan would be number four. I agree. Yeah. I'd pick him over Murray. Yeah. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It is what it is, man. So, yeah. I mean, Stanimal, expect to see him continue to play good tennis the rest of this year is my thoughts. Um, of course, you know, the next few tournaments are not the favorable settings for his game but i hope that he uh he gets his ranking back because he's playing like he's number five in the world right now yes so hopefully it remains that way for a while yes easily now mentioning more on uh stan mm-hmm. big stanimal stand a man mm-hmm. outside the court he broke up with vecic who's a tennis player who lost to belinda bencic in the quarterfinals and it's now oh she's 23 years old Okay. Now, he's dating a Swiss supermodel who is 44 years old. Player, player, player. So, he goes from 23 to 44. This is a cerebral man, okay? Maybe okay, he needs, fair enough. Maybe he needs wisdom around him. Ah, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Experience. So, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of Stan uh, fans, yeah, you know, he's happy, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you just said it, I guess. That's what you think about that. Maybe, maybe. I'll say this. Um, maybe Stan's getting to an age now where he wants to live a slightly slower lifestyle. Sure. You know, dating a a fellow top 20 tennis pro right. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, a lot of times, you know, these guys, they want someone in their box supporting them. They want someone to be there on their off days. When you're both professional tennis players, that's not going to happen. Yes. So I think, uh, I don't know how serious it is or anything, but I think it uh, makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, I guess they didn't make the time because Vitalina and uh, Monfils make the time to go to each other's games every single day. They practice every single day. They have an Instagram page. So you know that they're trying. Well, Maybe there they didn't. Well, also, how many slams do they collectively have? Okay. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Going on to... Uh, Nick Kyrgios. Mm. Obviously, the big talk is the suspension for three years. Mm. It's not going to happen. I believe that it's going to be for three months. Mm -hmm. What do you think? If they like making money, he will not be gone very long. This is a ticket seller. This man being in any ATP tournament is going to make it a tournament you have your eye on. Automatically. It's just what it is because the possibility of seeing what he does next against who and what accolades he can accomplish is something everyone has 
vested interest in, whether it be positive or negative thoughts. Um, yeah, having him off the tour three years as a business is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, as a, you know, uh, I guess the word would be, uh, for now, we're just saying entity. Sure. Being slandered or, um, slandered or spoken down upon on your reputation. Sure. You should hold people accountable for that. So, you know, you got to find that balance of establishing your authority and also, being a successful business that makes money. So, yeah, give him three months. That's nice. That's good. Fair enough. You know, throw him out, out of the World Tour Finals, potentially. Throw him out of, you know, the the Shanghai Asian Swing. Get him out of here. Let him come back in January. I'm sure he'll be okay with that, too. So Yes. Before I go on, Stan also threw a racket at the direction of a uh, line judge. Mm-hmm. It's the line judge who's sitting on the court watching the line. Mm-hmm. No warning either. Wow. So I'm just throwing that out there. Mm. No soft warning either, by the mm. way. Okay. Going on to the curio stuff. Rod Laver says, who's a legend in Australia, the biggest thing in Australia, mm. says he needs to be suspended for three years. What do you think about that? He's an old cranky man. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know anything about Rod Laver, honestly. I don't. I didn't watch his old matches. I don't know his personality type. But uh, that sounds outrageous to suspend a guy for three years. But on the flip side, Kyrgios is speaking down on an entity that is basically going on a nationwide salute tour of Rod Laver at the exact same time. Right. You know, so let's let's create a metaphor here to put it in your shoes here. So let's say you have a friend named Arnold and Arnold goes one day at every month fig. We're going to do a celebratory dinner just for you, okay? And you're going to go, wow, that feels really good. I appreciate that. You guys, you're awesome, man. And then there's another guy named Jacob who goes, that guy makes garbage food and anyone he celebrates, he's corrupt. Like He's a crooked guy. How are you going to feel about that? You're going to go, look, man, we need to, we need to talk to that guy. You shouldn't be talking about the guy who celebrates me like that. And um, I think that puts a little bias on Rod Laver's foot there, so... Okay. Yeah, I think that Rod Laver is, um, he's being romanced by the ATP this year, as he deserves to be. Right. Um, and that might have him swayed in, you know, a little left and Kyrgios is sitting a little right right now. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Three years is too much. Yes. Bottom line. Fair enough. Now I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Laver Cup is coming up. Mm-hmm. Is in honor of Rod Laver. Mm-hmm. Laver said he should be banned for three years. Should Nick Kyrgios play in Laver Cup? Yeah, I think the name Laver Cup isn't exactly, it's not ran by Rod Laver, you know, it's just named after him. Um, if Kyrgios doesn't come to Laver Cup, expect ratings to plummet. Because who else is on that lineup? You know, it's Shapovalov or, come on, stop it. You know, like these are guys we love to watch, but we watch them knowing if they play the big three, it's going to be obliteration. Um, they need stakes to be higher if they want Labor Cup to be successful. It's already bad enough that they're stacking the hell out of Europe. I mean, they got Russians on the European team. They're not European. Yes, they've had that discussion that Russians should be part of the rest of the world. Russians literally yeah. are a part of the rest of the world. So I don't understand it. Um, But yeah, so... I mean, kick my Labor Cup if you want, but I mean, who are you guys really hurting, yourselves or him? I guarantee you that Roger Federer will make sure 
he mm. plays at Labor Cup. Yeah, I'm sure. If he there's will. a suspension, he's gonna definitely make it be after Labor Cup. I can guarantee you that. Mm. So going on, <clears throat> he did get suspended in 2016 mm. at Shanghai. Mm. He got suspended for he asked to go to the restroom, mm. never came back out. Mm. So he got suspended. Mm. Now we've sort of been harsh on the Martina Navratilova and Jim Courier. The condition of him coming back was for him to see a psychologist. Mm. Whether or not he did, I don't know. Mm. Now, do you think it'd be wise for him to see a psychologist in order for the suspension to be low? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. If they want to come up with stipulations, throw a whole book at him, you know? Make him write a paper every day. I don't care what you come up with, but... I'm not opposed to, you know, a guy who's disrespecting an organization, giving him paychecks, getting some stipulations to continue to get paychecks when he disrespects who pays him. That's fine. But a full on suspension on a guy who sells tickets to your events, you make money off of from tickets. Come on. We can't do that. That's just not an option. So, yeah, I'm in support of that. Okay. Last time he was suspended for eight tournaments. Mm. So this time. I'm pretty sure it's at least going to be eight tournaments. Mm -hmm. And you are correct. Most likely it will start after Labor Cup. Mm -hmm. He despises going to Asia anyway. Mm -hmm. So it might as well start there. Mm -hmm. He probably won't go to Australia. Mm -hmm. So it'll be, as you stated, Wimbledon. That's when we may see his return. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Now moving on. Another bad boy. Uh Uh-oh. Medvedev. Yes, sir. Who's going to be in the championship, by the way. Mm -hmm. Talking about wrestling. All right, here we go. He grabs a towel violently from a ball man. It wasn't a ball boy. Okay. It was a ball man. Just snatches it. Mm. The people start booing him mm. badly. Mm. He got fined for that. He then decides to throw his towel towards the chair umpire hitting the chair. Mm-hmm. He got fined for that. Mm-hmm. Then he decides to flip off the crowd. Now, here's something for you. Mm. He didn't get fined for that. Wow. And this is the thing. Everybody saw it on the main screen. It was shown that Medvedev flipped off the crowd. And here was the chair's assessment. I didn't see it. Mm. So I can't fine you or uh, give you a penalty for nothing I didn't see. Yeah. Although it is all over the Titan Tron. Mm. What do you think about that? I don't know how that works as far as does he have to see it in real time or can he see a replay of it? I don't know. But um, yeah, there should definitely be some uh, allegation or some stipulations on, you know, your actions for sure. Um, I feel like, that's like saying, you know, I didn't see Kyrgios do his racket break in the bathroom he did or whatever, so that he gets a pass on that. You know, it seems like they do what's convenient. Right. That's what it seems like. Not even necessarily favoritism in this situation, just what they feel like doing. And that's ugly, you know. And when that happened, Nick Kyrgios uh, went on Twitter, started putting ha-ha and mm. emojis as in, okay, I'm not the only one. Mm. Now, I could be wrong on this, but I do believe he didn't get a point penalty for all that stuff either. He did get fines for a fact. That's mm. factual. But I don't believe he got any um, point penalties. Can you believe that? 
I don't get it. Um, and for the record, Nadal won his match. 6-1 okay. in the third set. Okay. So we'll be seeing a Medvedev-Nadal final. Right. Um, yeah, Medvedev's actions, I mean, it seems like they're just in-the-moment feelings. It, he doesn't seem to carry them off the court with him. So I'd like to see just equal treatment. That's what it comes down to. We're not getting him in. Right. Now in the next match, the people were actually for him, mm-hmm. and he still decided to just egg them on mm-hmm. to try to get them against him. Mm-hmm. Now here's a question for you. Do you think that he's a villain type and he actually works better that way, or do you think that he should let that go? I think that he likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. I think that's what it is. Okay. I think he enjoys uh, – I think he just enjoys the interaction a lot. You know, he wants to – he wants to go against everything and win, and he's a grinder. You know that's what grinders like. Grinders want you to send your best shots at them. That's what helps them grind. So uh, maybe it, maybe his counter punching grinder mentality on the court is translating into his crowd relationship, and he's like, "Give me your best forehand, crowd, boomy." You know, <laughs> that's but what he did. He's feeding off of yes. It. In the press conference, I'm surprised they even allowed him to mm. uh, speak on court, but they took him on court. He was being booed. Mm. straight off the stage you can even hear Mm. and finally he just said thank you do know that your booze made me win Mm. so i hope that make you sleep tonight Mm. you were the one responsible for making me win thank you yeah i heard that he's a character (laughs) man he's a character (laughs) so yeah now he's on fire Mm -hmm. uh three tournaments in a row Mm -hmm. grand slam final nadal destroyed him in Montreal, though, mm-hmm. he could not handle that forehand, uh, topspin forehand. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Medvedev stands any chance on Sunday? No, not at all. S- straight sets, four sets, S- straight sets. As long as Nadal's getting first serves in, we're about to see straight sets. This guy's play style is Nadal Jr., but playing devil's advocate here, we just saw baby fed take out regular fed. Maybe we'll see baby Rafa take out big Rafa. The difference here, though, is big Rafa is playing like super big Rafa right now. And Fed was playing like my back hurts Fed. So uh, unless Nadal's got some aching knees or something, I expect Medvedev to wrap that up pretty casually. Nadal Nadal to wrap that up, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I'm rooting for Medvedev. I'd love to see him get his first slam. I'd love it. Nah, not putting money on that. Now going on to the biggest news. Fetter, he even threw a temper tantrum. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Wrestling. Yeah. Okay. He got upset because of what we discussed last time about him getting a soft draw. Yeah. Then Daniel Evans was his opponent in the third round, I believe. Mm. He had a match the night before that was about five hours. It went to five sets. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Federer, oh, Federer, before that, has been playing night matches. Mm. All of a sudden, against Dan Evans, he had a morning match. Mm. First match of the night. I'm sorry, first match of the morning. Mm. Conspiracy? That's weird. That's very weird. Fed playing first is crooked as hell. There's There's no way to look around that. Who is he going before that? He's outselling him in tickets, you know? That doesn't make sense. So Dan Evans said, all of a sudden, why are you playing right now? You couldn't play at night so I can get a rest? Yeah. What do you think? Something's going on, for sure. 
Yeah, that's very unusual. I don't know if that's Fed saying, let's get him while he's weak. Or if that's the tournament director going, we want to make sure we have our headliners make it a little further in this tournament and we sell more tickets. But Fed always plays at night. Yeah, and if he does play in the afternoon, it's late afternoon. Yeah, he's the the daytime headliner. Right. You know, because the daytime headliners go on around, I want to say 4 o'clock, yes. something like that. Yeah. And then the night guys go on around 8 or 9. Right. You know, so I don't understand that. Yes. Yeah, that's crooked. And then came the Australian Open uh, talks. Mm-hmm. Now, Rod, uh, sorry, Rod Labor, Team Australia, it's teamed up with uh, Team 8 to mm-hmm. host Rod Labor, sorry, Labor Cup. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, they accused him of getting favoritism during Australian Open. Mm-hmm. They said, we haven't seen you play an evening match in a year and a half. What do you think about that? They said they haven't seen Federer yes. playing evening match That's in your night? Yeah, as in, as in afternoon, oh, okay. not night, afternoon, oh, okay. yes. Um, I can't agree with that. Um, with tournaments, the way it works as a tournament director is you schedule the guys who keep people in their seats to go last. Bottom line, because we've seen this happen in concerts. All of, This is event management 101. You put the guys that everyone's waiting to see at the end, because if you don't, those guys go early, and then everyone leaves. And now there's no one watching the last matches. You know, so this is also why, like, if Federer is playing for an evening set, we always try to have him play at the end of the night. Because let's say uh, the fall. So, for example, today, we had a Nadal match, and we had a Medvedev match. Nadal went second. You know why? Yeah. He has more fans. Right. You know, there's a lot of people. The casual tennis fan doesn't know who Medvedev is. The casual tennis fan is going to go, I'm here to watch Nadal. I'll take a peek at Medvedev before I leave. Then I'm out of here before traffic's done. Versus Nadal's going to go, look, we're going to be in traffic because we got to see the ending of this, you know? And if you are putting events together, you got to understand that. So, yeah, Australian Open's putting him last. What do you expect? Now, a lot of players are getting upset about that, saying, why doesn't he play an afternoon match? Mm -hmm. So... That's been brought up as well. Mm. Italy was also brought up. Mm. Yes, it was his first clay court event back. Mm. He hadn't played uh, on clay for two and a half years or whatever it was. Mm. Djokovic just won Madrid. And Federer was played at the last day of round one. Mm. Federer was, I mean, Djokovic played the second day of round one. What do you think about that? Um, Once again... I do think that uh, Fed is more popular, and as long as as long as I do believe that maybe there could be draw conspiracy, but scheduling conspiracy, I don't care. Um, he's the most popular man in tennis. He's gonna go last. He's the headliner. That's what I think. Now I do agree that maybe he should be headlining some day sessions here yes, and there. I was about to say that. Um, you know, because there is a day session headliner and a night session headliner. Right. Um. Maybe that maybe that's a little, you know, odd. Yes. I agree with that. So, yeah, I guess I can see where people are coming from. He's right. definitely getting some favoritism. Yeah, media and players. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, he definitely plays more at night mm-hmm. than in the afternoon. That's for sure. Yeah. Definite. <clears throat> now, Djokovic was asked, what do you think about that, about his scheduling? Mm. He said he's the greatest of all time. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Knowing Djokovic, though, and how he really is and mm. how he feels about Federer, 
Mm-hmm. Do you think he was being di- diplomatic? Yes. Or did you think, no, heck no, I don't believe that at all. He's definitely being a diplomat in that situation. I know he doesn't actually believe that at all. There's no way. Djokovic is too transparent and honest of a guy in his head to not notice and care about it. But Djokovic is also probably thinking in his, in his head, this isn't stopping me from getting a slam title. So maybe I won't make a big deal out of it and save face and build my reputation at the same time. Because Fed playing in the evenings is not getting in the way of Novak winning any slams in the last five years. So you're not going to see him make a big deal out of it. You know, Novak is barely starting to really develop that true fan base that he's always wanted. You know, he doesn't do his imitations anymore. I think I heard him say in a press conference, I don't make fun of uh, other tennis players anymore unless it's in private. <laughs> Which is him saying, I still do it, you right, know, but right. I don't want you guys to judge me as much. People get upset. I see. So, last piece of news. Mm. In the press conference, and this is what I mean, and he's very, better, is extremely diplomatic. Mm. You'll never hear him cuss at all. Mm. He said, I'm tired of you guys accusing me of shit. Mm. I'm not the one doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys need to talk to whoever is doing that my team is not asking for these privileges mm. i don't know why you guys are accusing me of uh getting these privileges but mm. it's not me yeah what do you think i i think that maybe he's saying i'm not going to deny this is reading between the lines i'm not going to deny i'm getting privileged opportunities in tennis on the tour i'm not going to deny things are favorable for me but I'm not going to let you accuse me of being the reason it's favorable. That sounds fair. Yeah. Yes. And so all that tells me is even Fed has acknowledged it. And even Fed is going, look, I ain't going to stop him. You know, <laughs> like I'm going to let it happen. Like, that's like another metaphor here. Let's say your buddy Arnold, you know, he's been taking you out to eat. <laughs> Let's say Arnold's been giving you five bucks a day just because he likes you. You know, you're a cool guy. And um, we got another guy over here who works harder than you. And Arnold goes, I'll give him one buck, you know, just because. Now, Arnold is a multi-billionaire. He doesn't give anyone else money, no one else, just you and the other guy. Is the other guy going to complain and ruin the $1 he's getting? Probably not, you know. And that one guy getting the $1 is probably Novak. And you're Roger Federer. And if someone goes up and says, Roger, why do you always ask this guy to give you money? You're going to go, look, do I receive money? Allegedly. Am I asking for money? Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's basically what Roger Federer is saying here. He's going, look, I can't say I don't have a little bit of extra cash in my pocket, but I can tell you I didn't ask for it. Yes. And um, I support that. Okay. I support that because if I were in his shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. So. Fair enough, you fair know, enough. He's the true diplomat. There you go. So for him to cuss was actually very rare. It was him sprinkling a little spice on the statement. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't ask for a dollar. Fair enough. Yeah. So that concludes the wrestling edition of tennis. Oh, goodness. If you guys watch wrestling, you guys can pick what wrestler each person was. I'd I'll leave that up that. to you guys. I'd love to hear that. So hopefully you guys were entertained. Until next week, when we discuss our reigning new champion, Medvedev, and his future in the ATP Tour, it's been a good podcast.